two, three. everybody this is part two of my conversation with jason jones from the vulnerable people project movie movie the movement hero all that good stuff uh technically this was this part of my interview happened first it was really like the first 23 minutes of the overall interview but because it was so intense and so focused on maui and the rest of the whole episode is really just about Jason's life. We decided to make it its own episode. So here you go. Hope for Hawaii. Please support the people of Hawaii. Go to hopeforhawaii.com. Let me just double check that. Yes, that is hopeforhawaii.com. Yes. And please donate. Uh, also, you could check out the links that I'm going to put in these show notes uh, of how you can help out the people in Hawaii, especially uh, those in um uh, Maui, uh, Lahaina, Lahaina, Maui. God bless you. Talk to you soon. I mean, I, I won't talk to you, but have a good podcast. Listen, I don't even know how to end this. This is a holy mess. Where's the thing here? Okay, bye bye, bye bye, bye bye. So, Jason, there there are so many things to talk about. Uh, I just you know wanted to talk about Jason Jones in general, the the Vulnerable People Project in general. But right now, you are in Hawaii because there is a crisis. You're uh, one of your mi uh, ministries, the Vulnerable People Project, helps the most vulnerable throughout the world. And right now, some of the most vulnerable are in Lahaina, Maui. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Lahaina? You are. You are. And, and you are there right now. So, of course, we're going to get into Jason Jones and VPP and Hero and all that stuff. But um, what's going on on the ground right there? Obviously, people know what happened in Maui, but maybe you could give us an insight um, uh, maybe that's things that we don't know. Uh, wh why, why did you just get in a plane and go there? What's going on? What are you doing out there? Well, you know, I founded this organization 20 years ago. In fact, uh, about a half a block from where I am right now on, um, I had like a third date with this young woman and I'd received a plaque and a certificate, um, because I had just founded this new organization, the human rights education and relief organization. And, I was so excited to tell her about it. And that was uh, 2002. And uh, it was literally a half a block from where I'm standing. And so Hero is in many ways, it's a Catholic apostolate, but I was formed, you know, um, by Hawaii. I'm from, I've lived here most of my life. And, um, but the tragedy is, even if I had no connections to Hawaii, I would have to be here because when I founded Hero, the idea was that we would advocate for ethnic and religious minorities facing genocide, communities trapped in total war. We would advocate for those communities that the idea was to, to stand with the most vulnerable people in the world when the world is left. As our organization unfolded over the years, we discovered that these vulnerable communities also didn't need people to just advocate for them, which we do. We run influence campaigns. That's the heart of our mission. And even here, I've done a lot of national media today that would not have been brought to would Lahaina would not have had these, this media of attention, if not for the work of VPP. So, um, but as our, as our work unfolded, we realized that in these the communities facing genocide or war or catastrophe, 
the large aid organizations and governments really fumble um, in the, the first weeks and sometimes months of the war, of the catastrophe. And we're finding the same thing that's happening in Lahaina. So it's, it's perfectly natural for VPP to be here. I will say, um, coming on the plane, you know, I, in the past several months, I've been to Ukraine twice. I've been to the Middle East. We're working in Malawi, Sudan. We just had the eruption of the civil war in Sudan. <clears throat> We're working in Nigeria with the persecuted church. So to be on a plane to Hawaii, um, I was here last year for my daughter's wedding. Um, I was here the year before that. We, we moved three years ago to the mainland. Um, but I've been back every year, once for a funeral, once for a wedding. And, and the idea that I would be coming back to Hawaii to do the work of the Vulnerable People Project is, is heartbreaking. And so this is not hyperbole that what the people of Lahaina and the people of Maui experienced, the only thing that I can compare it to is 9-11. But at least until 72 hours ago, uh, when I jumped on the plane to come here, uh, and VPP and our partners, Epic Ministries, it's a great Catholic apostolate here in the Hawaiian Islands. They do tremendous work and they're our partner. Uh, Together, we've been on the ground in Lahaina uh, from the very very get-go of the catastrophe um, but you know, the idea that we're here for this is heartbreaking and it is a nine 11. We're looking at, I don't want to say the numbers out loud. They're reporting 101 dead, but here's what you need to, but the rumors and what people in Lahaina are saying are 10 and sometimes 30 times that of, of, of a town with a population of, I believe 13,000. Um, the idea that there are hundreds and hundreds of people that are dead. The town of Lahaina is gone. And I don't know, Father, if you've seen uh, what people shared on social media, I saw a video of families in cars engulfed in flames. I saw young women trying to escape, and they were on uh, FaceTime Live, live, I think, and it appears that that it just cut, and they, they did not make it out. You see families in the ocean surrounded by boats on fire with the, you know, smoke and fire all around them. It's, it's you, I think you've seen with through mirrorless photographs of our work in Ukraine and other places. So I'm used to being around catastrophe, but this was uncanny. And, and, and I don't remember ever seeing, I've never seen anything like what happened in Lahaina. Really? And the media is not covering it and it's not getting the attention it deserves. And President Joe Biden, when was asked about Maui, he said he had no comment. Yeah, what's up with that? I don't, I don't understand. Why, why are we not helping? I mean, Hawaii is part of the United States of America, you know. And I, I'm not watching all these different news channels, and I, you know, I'm not really good with keeping up with everything. But I have seen something about that, and I, I, that's just something. I don't know if you want to go there, but that, that's something. I, I, I do, Father. Understand. All right, good, good. You're Let's welcome. Go there. So here's the deal, and I've been an advocate from the very. I, Marilis and I went to Ukraine in the very first weeks of the war. We set up shelters for young girls so they wouldn't be trafficked. We're partnering with Tip of the Spear Landmine Removal to remove landmines, Chalice of Mercy to deliver medical aid. Um, and I, I stand with the people of Ukraine. I want a ceasefire immediately, though. Um, but a lot of people are frustrated when they see how much money we're sending to Ukraine. And Joe Biden now attaches money to China, money to Maui. Only we send twice as much to Ukraine. The idea that he would use the people of Maui, the people of Lahaina, um, to try to get more money for Ukraine, by the way, I, su- I support standing up to helping the Ukrainians defend themselves 
And that's a whole other topic. Maybe we can talk about later because I know a lot of conservatives disagree with me on that. But but the idea that you would attach that is absolutely repugnant, absolutely repugnant to have no comment. Listen, I don't expect Joe Biden at this point to have empathy. We saw when he left Afghanistan and Afghanistan collapsed into hell when 13 Americans died and 170 Afghans died on August 26, 2020, when the bomb blast happened at Abbey Gate, we saw Afghans falling from planes. The reality that there are 180,000 Afghans who are promised visas because of their service to the United States, who we broke the promise and left them in Afghanistan to hide and to be hunted by the Taliban. Look, I don't expect Joe Biden to have empathy, um, but I would expect a politician to pretend to have empathy. I would expect that someone on Joe Biden's staff would say, Mr. President, you're going to be asked about Maui. Um, but regardless, whether you're not asked about Maui or not, when the first person asks at you any question, you know, Father, I've worked around politicians. I've worked for politicians. There's a technique we have called blocking and bridging. It's you're asked a question, you block it, and then you bridge. So I would have told Biden, when you're asked any question, I want you to block and bridge into Maui. So they ask you about the defense reauthorization bill, and you go, ho, 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 ho. Thanks for that question, but... Uh, there's something more pressing right now, something that all of the people of America are thinking about. And I just want the people of Hawaii to know, the people of Maui to know, the people of Lahaina to know that the federal government is going to be there to assist your state and local governments. We're going to be there to do what we can for the people of Lahaina. Our hearts are broken and our prayers are with you. Next question. But he couldn't even he couldn't even fake empathy. He couldn't even fake concern. He could not even be bothered. You know, it reminds me when Pence was asked about um, the, the destruction of the inner cities by, by Tucker Carlson. And he said, that's not my concern. You know, when we see Mike Pence saying the collapse, of, and maybe he misspoke. I hope he misspoke. Or, or maybe, you know, he was creatively edited. I don't think he was. But regardless, you know, when you, when you hear someone like Mike Pence say that, and then when you hear... Joe Biden say, no comment, no comment. It's, it's, it's preposterous to me. You know, in Hawaii, there's a lot of sentiment, especially in the native Hawaiian community, um, that the kingdom of Hawaii was illegally overthrown. And a lot of native Hawaiians, I don't even think it's a majority, but a lot of native Hawaiians would like sovereignty, would like to leave the union. Well, if I was native Hawaiian and I saw the president of the United States have no comment for a catastrophe that the only thing that I can compare it to in U.S. history, if the numbers are what the people of Lahaina are saying they are, is 9-11. Now, maybe, you know, if I w- walked down my street and I saw 78 dead bodies on my street, and that's what people are reporting, they've seen dozens of dead bodies in their street, dozens of dead bodies floating in the ocean. Um, that, you know, you're going to say that thousands have died because you just happened upon a street where there were dozens. Uh, and I pray that it's just 101, which isn't just. I pray that the number is what the number is that they say it is now and that number doesn't creep up. But my fr- And I'm going to be in Lahaina today and I'm going to, to interview people. We're going to be delivering. We're already delivering food. I'll be personally delivering supplies with my 17-year-old son around the islands, around the island. But but. I know what the people of Lahaina are reporting, and they're reporting that these numbers are much, much, much higher. And even if they're not, this, the numbers are high enough for this to be a catastrophe to capture the attention of the American people and to capture the attention of the, United, the President of the United States. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I, I don't even. I really. I, like, I'm kind of dumbfounded by it. It just seems like the most obvious thing in the world. I mean, a city is completely destroyed. It's it's our country. Even if it wasn't our country, I mean, I I literally don't even know what to say. That I don't have an edge. Historic city. Every yeah. building was historic. Lahaina was the capital of the of Hawaii. Lahaina was is really the birthplace of Christianity in the Hawaiian Islands. And by 1850, Hawaii was the most Christian kingdom in the world. It was the first, it was the first political community to have electricity. You know, it, was a, it had the highest literacy rate in the world by the, the middle of the 19th century. And Lahaina is, 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 is um, you, you can't, I can't imagine, you know, um, it would be sort of like if, Old Town Williamsburg in Brooklyn burned down. I mean, it's just, I don't even know how, how big it is. How, you know, I don't even know how to put it into a context. So why would our government or our media not want to focus on it? Why? I mean, I know you get, like just spoke to certain things of what they're doing, but why? Leads to a lot of conspiracy theories. So there are a lot of conspiracy theories swirling around the internet and swirling around Hawaii. I don't like to engage in conspiracy theories. Yeah, sure. I, too. I, I, I hope that most likely it's just the banality of bureaucracies. Got it. But but regardless of whether it's these conspiracies where people thought this is arson or they're talking about direct energy weapons um, that were used to destroy. I mean, I find this impossible to believe. Um, that doesn't mean it's not true. I just find it impossible to believe. Um, but they, they believe that it's because they want their land. And there are right now these predators descending on Lahaina, offering family families that are still looking looking for their loved ones, and are, who are devastated, and they're preying on them like vultures, trying to purchase their property. I don't know if this news is making the mainland, but it's a big, it's the biggest story in Hawaii right now, how these predators like BlackRock, and others, are just licking their lips. You have to know Lahaina. You had these Hawaiian families, um, these Kamaaina families who have these, their homes have been in their, their family for generations. And those homes are worth millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. But of course, these families, you know, they are, they're, they're how, what's the, the expression house rich, cash poor, something like this. Got it. Where, you know, they, they may work at a hotel or, you know, they may be, or the family's bringing in eighty ninety thousand dollars $90,000 a year, but they live in homes that if they were to sell them, you know, that would completely change um, their financial situation, but it would devastate their lives. And it's very important to them to keep their homes, to keep their businesses that have been in their family for generations. And, and what I hope happens is that we keep Lahaina local and that we come together and we make sure the Kama'aina, those are people who are from Hawaii, some of their families going back to the kingdom of Hawaii, but they may not be ethnically Hawaiian. And the Hawaiians... And now, you know, very few, we're, everyone's mixed up ethnically. So the Kama'ainas, the Hawaiian community, it's one family that's been knit together over 120, 30, 40 years. And it's, it's I, I hope that, and it's interesting, I could talk about the whole show about this, yeah, yeah, but because yeah. uh, I love Hawaii so much, but it was really globalism that created Hawaii <clears throat> through exploitation, through a really exploitative economy. Um, the sugarcane pineapple business that brought in people from Puerto Rico and the Philippines and Okinawa and China and Japan. Um, they even brought in people who looked like me from Scandinavia 
Um, but, you know, they were not very – you don't want to put someone who looks like me, uh, you know, in a plantation. They're going to die uh, in a couple hours, you know. And uh, so it didn't work out very well. But they brought all these people together, and they, and they worked them very hard. They lived in camps that were segregated by ethnicity. Um, and, you know, by the mid – after World War II, they began to fight – for power and influence in the communities in which they lived. And by the late eighties and nineties, they were really, you know, we, we, they really were on top. And then the agriculture industry was just removed from the state of Hawaii that turned everything upside down. Now so many families are, are living in the gig economy um, or working for the government and uh, it's being swept away already. These communities are being swept away. It was such a, by globalism. So it's the globalism that knit this community together is now f- trying to sweep it away. Mm. My, hope, my hope is that they have deep roots. And, you know, I moved here as a 17 year old boy and my children are Pacific Islander and Chinese and me, and this is their home. And, and uh, I just pray that the community has deep enough roots. And I believe it does that it's not swept away. But, but this catastrophe in Lahaina is, um, it, well, it looks like it's galvanizing the community, but I know that there are going to be families that become desperate and um, their hearts are going to be broken. Um, I would like to see Lahaina rebuilt, rebuilt to look like the Lahaina that we knew and loved. And everyone's, you know, all the families that are from there stay there and they're not swept away. So what can listeners of a Holy Mess podcast, how, what can we do? What, what can you plug? What resources? Where can they donate? How can people that are listening or watching to this right now help the people of Lahaina, help the people of Maui, help the people of Hawaii? Well, you know, the first thing is first right now. It's like triage. We're there. You know, tomorrow, Marilis and I, my son, and many, many other volunteers are driving all around the island delivering aid to families that are reaching out to us for support. We have boats going in. We're we're charting, chartering planes, and then we're going to hand deliver the stuff ourselves with our partners and our team members. Um, so the one thing you can do is go to hopeforhawaii.com and donate. Uh, and yeah, can you believe all of our campaigns are hope for Iraq, hope for Afghanistan, hope for Ukraine, hope for Nigeria. I never imagined in a million years that I would have to start something called Hope for Hawaii. Hope for Hawaii.com. Yeah. And that's our, that's, if you donate there, it goes directly to the people of Lahaina. And um, I'm, this is a Catholic show. So I'll talk about this. We're a Catholic apostolate as the big aid organizations arrive and get set up, they're slow and they're lumbering, but once they show up, you know, they'll get the job done. And so then we'll no longer have to provide the aid and resources that we're providing. Then we're going to shift gears into two things. Number one, is work with the community to make sure that this is where we run our good old fashioned influence campaigns, you know, getting their spokespersons on Fox news, placing op-eds in the wall street journal, things like this. We'll, we'll do our influence campaigns. And then a campaign that I don't even want, it, it's hard to even speak to say it out loud, but um, there are going to be a lot of funerals that are going to need to be paid for. Yeah. And there are a lot of working class and struggling families that have lost multiple children, spouses and children, some whole families. And so as Catholics, and we're a Catholic human rights organization, bearing the debt is a work of mercy. 
And mm-hmm. so will the large eight, will the large eight organizations begin to help uh, as they show up, we're going to shift gears into to advocating for the families of Lahaina and the press, creating avenues for them to advocate for themselves, really. And then we're putting together a capital campaign where we're, reach, we're already reaching out to our major donors. That's one of the main reasons I'm here also. Um, I'm hoping to meet with the with our, our mutual friend, Bishop Larry, and just try to get an assessment of what we think this is going to cost, how we can partner with not only the Catholic Church, but the other uh, ecclesial communities. And we can work together to make sure that these families don't, we can take one less thing for them to worry about. How are they going to give their family members a proper burial and funeral? Wow. Uh, all right. Well, listen, everybody. So hope for Hawaii, hope for Hawaii.com. Yes. Okay. Hope for Hawaii.com. Please go there. Please donate. All right. That was a weird cutoff because it was just cut off because we continue to go in to the whole other conversation. And I hope that you enjoyed these episodes, uh, the Jason Jones episode and the Hope for Hawaii episode. Please subscribe, rate, review, comment, share, download all those type of things. And please donate to help the people of Hawaii and the people of, um, yeah, Hawaii. God bless. Maui. Peace. Lahaina. Yeah.